now we're going to switch up a little bit in the series. We've been talking about um, how to how to heal the American church, and with that, it's almost really important stuff that we need to talk about. We need to talk about why Grace Church goes against the grain so often, and you know, fundamentally, it's this: it's that we are very aware that as enjoyable and uh, comfortable as some of the church environments are that we've grown up in, they're not terrific at making mature disciples. And all pastors know that. We all are aware of that. We talk about that in seminary. When we go to school, we, we all talk about it. But we all come to a place where you get into that role and you're pastoring a church and you care about everyone. You're going, I just don't want to rock the boat too much, right? Now, uh, with that series, I could have gone on for weeks and weeks. It's something that uh, I spent my entire ministerial life focusing on that. How do we make churches that make healthy, whole followers of Christ? Instead of kind of focusing on the negatives of the American church, the things that we need to fix, I want to talk about the future for Grace Church. Okay, it's one thing to point out. It's always easy to criticize. That is the cheap seats, right? It's easy to point out flaws in something, right? But what are you going to do? What are you going to create? How are you going to create change in this area? Now, unfortunately, most of the people whose work and writings line up so deeply with the things that we've been talking about, the the people who are passionate about getting the church back to what it looks like in the scriptures, getting the church back to being deep and not just shallow and wide, Almost all of those people who I've studied and talked to, they all typically choose a certain path. At some point, they all end up giving up on the church. They all leave the church, all of them. They try different models of church, and at the end, they just go, I'm done with this. The church is hopeless. I'm going to go over here and write books. And I've been tempted by that exact same path. And it's easier just to give up on something that's broken. But the heart that I have and the heart that our team here at Grace Church has is that the church is worth saving. The church is worth healing and fixing, and the church is worth sacrificing for. So the series that we go through the next five or six weeks, it's not just going to be about topics or ideas. We're going to talk about specifically what Grace Church is going to do. How are we going to be a different type of church? And so I've called this series Church for Tired People. Does that sound like you? Are you a tired people? You're so tired, you can't even raise your hand. Amen, hallelujah. <laughs> it's one thing for you guys to be chilling too quiet on a Sunday morning when you, I can see your face. I can see smiles at least. You're going, I'm too tired to like get into it, Pastor Devin, but <laughs> you're doing good. Now I can't even see smiles. So it's really, it's really a challenge. I'm going to assume you guys are all with me today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You with me? So what we're talking about is that I believe the fundamental problem we have here in the States, there are many, right? But the fundamental issue I think that we're facing as Christians is that we are too tired, too tired. We have nothing left to pour into our spiritual lives. There are a few people I talk to who go, you know what? If I said, hey, would you like to be in shape? Would you like to be in the shape of your life? Would you like to look like that person on the poster? And you say, of course I would. Of course I would. That would be, that'd be terrific to be healthy again, right? To, 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 to be at my best. If I said, hey, well, you know, would you like to be in a better place financially? Of course I would. There are, there are all sorts of great things that we want, right? But we only have so much of ourselves. You can only give so much of yourself with so many things. And here's the problem that we all face. This is not just a thing that you face or that I face. All of us face. We are tired. 
We have given ourselves all of these places. And when it comes back around to our spiritual lives, there's just nothing there. It's not that we don't want more. It's not that we don't want to grow with God more. It's just that literally we don't know where to even start. The reason that churches have become all of these things that we've talked about in this previous series is because it's just easy. It's easy. It's so easy to pull into a parking lot and to let someone, you know, you know, put me on the golf cart, drive me up to the foyer. I'm too tired to even walk into church today. Amen. Hallelujah. We never went that far. We would have if we could have afforded the golf cart. You better believe it. We would have picked up the pastor first. <laughs> Amen, right? <laughs> Drive me up to the front. Take my children. Get them out of here. I don't care what you teach them. Just get them out away from me, right? <laughs> oh, come on. You know you guys are like that. Quit being all holy, right? <laughs> Drive me in. Take my kids. Let me just sit down. Oh, turn the lights out. Oh, that's great. Let's get the AC a little bit lower so we get the gooseys. Awesome. Perfect. Entertain me. Make me laugh, Pastor. A few jokes. It's not all bad. It's not that we intentionally want things to become entertainment or to become just cushy and comfortable. It's that we are spent. We're tired. There have been so many people who have walked through these doors and had talks with me in my office or over coffee and said, I, I can sense somewhere inside of me that these things you're talking about that I want them, but I don't know if I can do it. It's too hard. It's uncomfortable. My family is having a hard time with this because it's, you know, it's not the things that we're used to. I, I understand in the scriptures what you're saying. I just To go after that, I just don't know if I can do that. It's just too much right now. It's a conversation I have had multiple times. Sometimes I sit down and I think about all the faces of the people I've talked to in the last six years at Grace Church. People who said, you know what, there's something here that I need and I hope that I can get it. I just don't know that I can. I, it's just too hard. And so it just kind of hit me the, the last few weeks. We are exhausted. And so as we go into this next season, you know, you've seen on Facebook, we posted our plans. But I want to explain to you the whys of what we're doing. And the first thing I want to talk about today is pace. Who likes to run? Come on. Yeah, shame on you. <laughs> you run. You guys who cycle. You guys are the worst. In the short shorts, you cyclists. <laughs> Swimmers. You guys just look so graceful in the pool. That's not me. That's not me, right? Pace is important, right? There's a difference between going all out at the beginning or just not ever getting on the bike, or finding some kind of a place in between. Pace is very important. Now, often what I've seen is that people are in moments where they want to prioritize their faith, right? Funerals are a big one. When we lose someone that we love, all of a sudden it awakens us. When someone who we love goes through an illness, they face cancer, it wakes us up. And we go, I need this part of my life to be stronger. I need to know how to pray. I need to know how to trust God. I, want, I need to sense God in the hospital room when I feel alone and defeated. Problem is, it doesn't work that way, does it? It's like me waking up and saying, I need to run a marathon today. Get me out there. <laughs> I'm going to swim across this pool, I mean, like for me, a pool would be a challenge. <laughs> this lake, whatever it is, right? You would, yeah, you'd hear about me on the news. It would not go well, right? You can't just ramp up. You have to build up. Pace is crucial, right? 
It's just like New Year's. The gyms love New Year's, right? Because what happens? We're all going to buy our memberships. I'm going to get in shape this year. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know how it works. What's interesting is that we have learned a lesson from COVID. Whether this whole thing is the worst plague to face uh, humanity or it's nothing. It's just another whatever it is that you believe about it. We've all learned something from our experience these last few months. We've all learned that in March or in January that we were all saying, oh, I'm just so busy, I'm so tired, if I could just get a break, what'd you get? Not all of you, of course, but most of us got what? A break. What we thought was a break. If I could just, just stay home and sleep in, a, you know, just sleep in a little bit, if things could just be a little bit hectic, if I could clear my calendar for a few weeks, oh, it'd be terrific, man. I would be great. It's just like vacations. There's an issue with pace. We go all 100%, 100%, and then on vacation we do what? We do absolutely nothing. I'm heading to the beach here in a, a week or so. I guarantee you I will do nothing. I will go from working my tail off, swatting flies and climbing ladders. Well, not, well flies are the good days. The wasps are the worst ones. And then I will go for, lay on a beach and do as little as possible until my kids beg me to take them in the ocean. That'll be about the majority of what I do. But will I be rested? I don't know. See, COVID has taught us that that busyness that we said was exhausting us, that when it was taken away, what we used to call busyness is now the thing that I have people asking me to give them back. Hey, can you just give me some normalcy back? Can you just give me the old routine that I used to hate? I only came once every five weeks, but I want to be able to come once every five weeks again. I need to have my busyness. I need my calendar back, my to-do lists. I need to get moving again. Yes, I know I complained about all of that in January, but I want it back now, all of it, because I'm exhausted. I'm tired. What's crazy is I have not heard things change from the things that you hear people talking about that they're experiencing. In January, actually a year ago, at this time, I heard everyone saying, I'm exhausted. I can't wait for school to get back so the kids are over there. And then when the holidays came, I'm exhausted. I can't wait to have the kids back with us. We're just going to stay at home and just, you know, have family time. But we're exhausted. And then COVID came. I, I just, you know, I, I'm, oh, I just can't wait to get back to normal. Let's get back to the other thing that exhausted me because... I'm still exhausted and nothing's changed. See, we all have this, this, this space that we can get in when we experience a shaking in our lives, right? The scriptures talk about when everything that can be shaken, right, allow the things that can be shaken to be shaken and find out what's left. So when I counsel families, after they go through a traumatic experience. It could be anything. It could be a, a couple gets married. It could be a death in the family. It could be a childbirth. It could be divorce. Or it could be anything. When they go through these terrible moments, they run for attention and for direction. What do we do? But what's always amazes me is how quickly we get back to normal. How quickly we allow that moment when the whole world was collapsing. I was willing to do anything to fix this. Whatever I have to do, I'll fix it. What do I need to do? 
12 hours later, 24 hours later, maybe a week later, maybe two weeks later, we're back to normal again. See, COVID is trying to teach you a lesson, and I, and I don't believe it's just that COVID is. I think the Spirit of God is trying to speak to us right now, and we need to listen. What we want to do, what we think we need to do, is to ignore it and go back to normal. But I'm telling you right now as a pastor, this is not what you need. It may be the way that you've taught yourself to deal with problems in the past, but let's be honest, you weren't great at dealing with problems in the past either, right? We need to learn. COVID is teaching us something. Here's what it's teaching us. Your pace of life was never sustainable, ever. It didn't matter if it was January or September. If it was October, it was never sustainable for us. It wasn't. And I'm saying that to you as a person, but I'm saying that to us as a church. What we were doing, it was never sustainable, ever. I was talking to someone the other day, another pastor, and he was, he's been going through a very difficult experience. A lot of his key leaders are stepping away from the church. And I said, let me guess. They told you this, and they told you that, and they told you that. And he goes, that's exactly what they said. I said, and that's the same thing they say at your church, at my church, at the church down the road, and the church down the road, and the other church, and the other church. Because here's what happens. Every single church gets forced into a pace Hey, you know what? The church down the road has a great program for these kids. We need to do the same thing they're doing. Let's get that program. And that church has an awesome VBS. Why are we doing VBS? We need to do VBS. That church is feeding people. They're doing backpacks. That church has a brand new worship leader. And it just continues. And the pace speeds up and speeds up and speeds up. And in your life, it's not the worship leader or the VBS. It's so the one kid plays sports, and now we got to let the other kid play sports. And now we have to find something for the other one to do. I'm not going to say names because they're right over here playing the ground. <laughs> so now I have to get this one to this practice, this one to this practice, and this one to this ballet recital, and we've got to keep it going. Do you see how we begin to speed up, right? And we find ways to justify it. Well, you know, it's, it's important because we need it. It's a pace. It's not sustainable. About every three years, I've experienced as a pastor that we lose a group of core leaders, people who are, who are plugged in, are great people, are sacrificial people, but they're burned out. And, they, and about every three years, they'll cycle in and out. And I talk to other pastors. I mean, you'll actually watch these cores of people rotate churches. They're not bad people. They're not the problem. What happens is every single church that's built on this model we run at a pace that's not sustainable. And what happens is, when you have burned out people from one church go to another church, what do you think they're doing over there? They went from busy, busy, busy to I'm going to sit on my butt and watch. And if they're sitting on their butts, someone's not sitting on their butts. And those people are busy, 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 busy until what? Until they're exhausted and they're going to go somewhere else and sit on their butts. And then at that church, what's going to happen there? And then there's a new crowd and they're going to get burned out. And then the cycle continues. Because what we were doing was never sustainable. It's not. And it takes, it doesn't matter what church you go to. I've spent probably eight years studying the ins and outs of every church formula you can find. If you go to the most efficient 
mega churches. We actually just got one of them. They're amazing at being efficient. I guarantee you, you will find burned out people inside the organization. There are thousands of members' churches, and I guarantee you will find burned out people inside those organizations. Churches of 50 people, burned out people. If you guys have your Bibles, go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse 18. We'll keep it simple. Now, I want us to go through two different translations today. Here's the one that we've all heard. Matthew 18, 18. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with you. What's beautiful about this passage is this comes right after Jesus talks about how we deal with offense. This is exactly what follows afterwards. Okay, when you two are fighting and bickering, here's what we do. We don't leave. We sit down and talk. If they don't listen, we go get three more people. We sit down and we talk it out. If they don't listen, we go get the church and we sit down and we talk it out. I think there's a point being made. The sitting and the talking is important. And here's how he follows up to that. Because here's what happens. Here's why it's so important that you come back again and you come back again and you come back again until you exhaust it. Because where two or three gather in my name, my presence is found. This is why we come back and we come back and we come back. If you guys have the message, I want to read it in this one. This is terrific. Uh, Eugene Peterson has a way of kind of helping us see through uh, passages that somewhat we, we think we understand. Take this most seriously. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth is a no in heaven. What you say to one another is eternal. I mean this. When two of you get together on anything at all on the earth and make it a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. And when two or three of you are together because of me, you can be sure that I'll be there. We've all fallen for the trap of speeding up to a pace that's not sustainable because it looks great. On Instagram, it doesn't look good to see someone, you know, doing this. <laughs> on Instagram, you want to see that person on the treadmill just going, isn't that cool, right? But we all know what happens next, right? You know, come on. I can't see your facial reaction. You've seen it. We've all seen it. On YouTube, Instagram, something. It's funny, right? That's what you want to see. That's, that's the attraction. That gets the likes. It gets the likes. <laughs> Seeing the person just kind of waddle down the road, you know? I mean, that's not too exciting. It's not thrilling. Grace Church has fallen for the temptation to try to keep up. To keep the pace. Hey, people want this. If you don't give them what they want, they won't come back. We've all fallen for it. In our lives, as churches, as families, we've fallen for that. That faster, that more, the hurry, the busy, that's the better. That's what we need. And I'm telling you right now, that's not what you need. It's not what I need. It's not what we need as a community. So the first thing that we are going to do is we are going to find a sustainable pace for our faith community. 
Meaning, even though I know that we, hey, if you don't do this, they're going to go somewhere else. You don't give them that, they're going to go somewhere else. I get it. But if we run at a pace that we can't sustain, someone is going to be sacrificed for it. Someone's going to get burned out. Someone's going to lose their way. Someone is going to be sacrificed to keep a pace that we were never meant to keep. We're going to take a pace that is sustainable. Now, the reason I I point out this passage is I love the simplicity of it. Is it sustainable for you every single week to bring six families to your home, to make it perfect, to make an amazing meal, to entertain the kids, to entertain the adults who don't talk very well, right? To make sure everyone has a great time and walks out happy. Can you keep that up every week? Probably not. At the same time, can you serve on the worship team every week? Can you put on a show? Can you make us laugh every week? What? It's not sustainable, right? I love this passage. Can you sit down with someone else with Christ on your mind? Is that sustainable? Can you do that? Man, it's amazing how many people I've talked to who seem very afraid of this. Oh, my goodness, you want me to do what? Yes, I want you to sit down with someone else, with Christ on your mind, in the name of Christ, and the presence of God will be there. We're going to call that church. It's sustainable. Now, here's the practicals for you. Step one for Grace Church to create a church for tired people. Because I could just bash you all day and say, hey, why don't you just want Jesus more and get yourself in shape spiritually, right? Instead of that, we're going to kind of start with what we can. Step one is this. I want you to embrace this sustainable pace that I'm going to lay out for the community. Something that we're all going to do together that we can sustain. Here are the details. For for those of you who want practicals, you know me. I'm not a great practicals person. Here's the practicals. Start with one other family. Specifically, if you have it, I want you to find a family that you're not afraid to have over when the house isn't clean. Why do I want that? Because I want it to be sustainable. Because you're exhausted, you're spent, you're distracted. Even though you want to grow, even though you want to have friends, even though you want to enjoy this, You're just not sure that you can add one more thing onto your life. I am going to challenge you and say we have to start somewhere, right? We have to prioritize Christ some physical, real way in our lives. We have to create these habits. And I want it to be simple. If you're single, find one or two other people. If you have a family, find one other family. It doesn't even need to be another family that matches, you know, the ages of the kids that you have. I love for my kids to have playmates. But you know what happens when I have another family over that's got kids the age of my family? Do you want to know what happens? The volume goes up. My stress goes up. I'm a pastor, and I love children. I'm a pastor, and I love children. I will not spank another child. (laughs) Come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? In the old days, the pastor spanked everyone's kids. Amen. Do you remember those days? Now I get called. (laughs) guys called DHS on me, right? Keep it sustainable. Find someone. Now, if you don't have it, you say, ah, I can't do it. 
I talk to so many people who say, yeah, I wish I had friends, but I don't have them. I wish I had that family, but I don't have that. It's a great time to start. If you are uncertain about how to get rolling, here's what, here's what I want you to do. It's very simple. We have a number for you I want you to text. 479-310-6763. If you're online, we'll put it on the screen. 310-6763. Here's what... <laughs> I'm not trying to be smooth today, right? I want to be clear today. This is something that we need. This is a pace that is sustainable. The reason that that we are keeping this service on Wednesdays and not on Sundays is I want the message to be crystal clear to you right now. What I believe you need more than getting back to normalcy, as good as this is, as many amazing things which are going to be in these experiences, I think that you need to develop this right now. This, we don't know if this will be sustainable in the winter. The odds are shutdowns will come back in the winter. We don't know if they will or not. But I do know something. I know that no matter how bad it gets, you can meet with a family even when things get bad. That is sustainable. Now, I'm not even telling you to do it every single week because that can be exhausting. As amazing as people are, we all love people. But sometimes we need a break. So rotate. One week, bring your table group here on a Wednesday night. The other week, do it on a Sunday. And again, I don't care what night you do it, but do it. And I want us as a community to to relearn Sabbath. See, in the early church, these gatherings on Sunday mornings were not for show. It wasn't all the work. It wasn't programs. It wasn't putting on big things. It was meals. It was opening the Word together. It was sitting together, listening to each other. The early church on Sundays, the reason that they met on Sundays was to have the Sabbath, to literally to rest together. And sometimes the reason that church was so exhausting for many of us who were involved in it was Sunday was anything but rest. It was exhausting. It was work. And I want you to relearn how to rest. That's why I'm trying to keep all of our official stuff that's going to stay off of that day for a while. I want you to learn to take Sunday seriously. And I want you to start with the family. Amen. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to end the Eucharist. Hey, Jude, can you bring me one of the cups? Are they all gone? Did you hide them from the children? Thanks, kiddo. Now, what they say, Alex, is where the Nord is, the Lord is. So you got to bring the presents. (laughs) Holy Spirit, take the wheel. (laughs) Oh, gracious. You guys know me. I always like the awkward. I really enjoy how not smooth we were today. This is terrific. We did not vacuum. We we did not do the dishes for you guys today. Uh, (laughs) We didn't clear out the junk drawer. We're having family over today. We weren't having guests. So, Father, we just come to you, and we thank you that we come not just to gather as a group, but we come in the name of Jesus. We ask right now, as we come to gather in the name of Jesus, we ask that that your spirit, that your presence would would be here with us. Father, I just begin to pray for every family in the room right now. I ask that you would help us to see every pace that we are running that we cannot sustain. 
Father, we just thank you for a God who knows what physical, mental, emotional exhaustion is. A God who came in the flesh and a body, who experienced pain and distraction and frustration. We thank you for a God who knows what it is to be tired. Father, we also thank you that you you didn't stop at being able to relate to us. You came to lead us into freedom. We thank you that by your blood you formed this thing that we call the church. And we ask in our small way that you would lead us to be a part of healing the church, our church, us, starting with us. Heal us. Teach us how to be vulnerable, how to be honest, how to put our walls down, how to be needy with each other how to be present with each other. We ask the Spirit of God and the grace of the Spirit would be with us as we start to find a pace that is sustainable. And everyone said, Amen, Amen. Let me just kind of bless you guys for your leave. Father, I speak a blessing over everyone in this room, Father, all ages. Lord, I ask, Lord, that this season would be a season of freshness, of joy, of energy, Lord. We ask the Spirit of God would surprise us in the middle of our day, that we would be encountered by the realness and the nearness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a good week. If you have a table group, get with them. Have a meal. Try not to clean this week if you have them over. If you need help to find a group, make sure you reach out Facebook, text the number on the screen, and we will help you find or start a group. I look forward to seeing you guys next Wednesday night. Have a great week.